Welcome to the Pacific Point Church Podcast, where we're learning to love and live like Jesus. During this half hour, we're praying that God will direct, encourage, and speak to you. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Hey, welcome to Pacific Point Church. Love that you're here this morning. They fought through that crazy torrential rain. Um, Wednesday mornings, if you fight through sleep, you can come join us at uh, 6.30. We pray at the office right around the corner from here. Um, if, you're, uh, uh, if, you, if you have a prayer request, they're on your seats there. If you'd fill them out and drop them in, we are praying for you regularly. So if you just throw it in the basket as, as you come up and receive communion and offering, we'd love to be able to pray for you this, this week. Uh, Chris is at my daughter's soccer game. I thought she'd be back in time, but she has this Advent uh, Day of Solitude, which is Tuesday. She... Uh, I don't think she did a really good uh, job of explaining it last week, which is hard to believe because she, she's a good talker. Um, so come on, come on. You can tell her when she gets here. Come on, rat her out, rat me out. Uh, but I, she's done several of these, and it's just been a powerful time of, of, of not talking. <laughs> come on, it's kind of funny. What, are you guys all right this morning? Stay with me. Just stay with me. I wish she was here. to, But if you're interested, and it's a time of prayer, it's a time of solitude, it's a time of, of refreshing and a time of really reflecting of what, what God might be doing in your life, highly, highly recommend it. It's during the day, so if, if, if jobs, I understand that's hard. But if you have interest, if you write it on the card and drop it in the offering so Chris can follow up with you, that would be, uh, that'd be wonderful. We'd love to Loved it. She's, I think she's got about, I think she said 12 or so women so far that are coming. So should be a great, a great time. Uh, life group dinners. It, uh, we thought it was this week. I lied. It's next week. Okay. I got the week. I'm out of town and I, I really want to be there for that. So um, life group dinner next week at our, uh, at our house. We'll give you more details. Uh, and our serve project, we're going back and forth. It will probably be that following week also. We'll let you know details. Uh, we're working with Giving Children Hope. But it, it's funny, everybody wants to serve on Christmas. You know, we really should serve throughout the year, not just Christmas. But everybody wants, so even getting in to serve and help is hard. So if anybody has any other service projects that they would like to be a part of, let us know and we can jump in there. So it shouldn't be that hard to serve, but at Christmas time, you guys all come out of the woodwork. So. Uh, we are in a series because it's Advent. We're in Advent for 2019, and, and, and we've talked a little bit, and it's good to keep this before us. What is Advent? Advent is this celebration of Christ's birth, Him coming, and then Him coming again at, at, at that time when He comes and, and wipes away every tear and, and fulfills the promise that was given to us. It's a season of celebration. It's a time of looking forward. And, and during this Advent time, we are going through this song that he just did, O Holy Night, and we're doing different pieces of it, which is hope, peace, joy, and love. Last week, we talked about hope and how the weary world waited for the, uh, Jesus and the hope that he would be coming, the same hope that we have that he will come again someday. And today, we are talking about peace, which is, is really irrelevant because I know nobody in here needs peace right now because you look so calm out there. 
I can't get a laugh out of you. I can barely get a smile. So everybody's so dang peaceful, I could probably just say, hey, sing the last song, let's go home, correct? Okay, I'll do it anyways. <laughs> um, peace, a yonder uh, breaks a new glorious morning in, in, in that song. But I want to talk about true peace, peace with God, peace on earth, peace, God's gift to you, and becoming a peacemaker. Let's pray. Join me as I pray. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Lord, as you speak to us, Lord, let us have ears to hear, a heart that would receive what you would be speaking to us, God. I I thank you for the men and women that are here. I thank you for this church, God. I pray your Holy Spirit would move in our lives. And during this season, this Advent season, there would be hope, and there would be peace, and there would be joy, God, that we would go forth and and we would impart to others during this season. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. So true peace, peace with God. Peace is this, ceasing to strive. Peace is a stillness or quiet. Some of what Chris is doing this week is, is that peace, that stillness. But here's the problem with that. You can't have true peace without being near to God. It's a nearness to God. True peace is connected, directly connected to a relationship and a nearness to God. We see this in Genesis 3.8. It says this, and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They literally walked with God the Father in the garden. And, and, And when you look at that and you look at the natural and the spiritual that run parallel to one another, it is the same thing in the natural as we see in the spiritual. There's this great peace when they were walking with God in the garden. And there's this great peace when we walk with our fathers and mothers. But let me, uh, I'll I'll go there and and you guys can send me bad emails later. In a world that is, is fatherless, we have less peace than we've ever seen in the history of this world. Now, I'm only 53, so that I can see. We live in this nation that, that has over, gosh, 40-some percent of our children, I just, I just read this, live fatherless. In other words, they live apart from the house. We live in this nation that is, is riddled with our kids with anxiety because they're sitting around phones. There is something that happens when a father walks with his children. I'm not saying there isn't something that happens when a, when a mother walks with a children or a father and mother walk with their children, but there's something distinct that happens. It's, for me, it's, it's very interesting because my oldest daughter, McKenna, if we're walking together, at that point, she'll grab my hand. Like if we're just hanging out and stuff and whatever, she never grabs my hand or, you know, like, but there, there's something about walking and talking with her. Well, she'll, she'll grab and there's no embarrassment I'm a pretty embarrassing person. We get that. They're, they're, you know, I, I, but, but she'll literally, she'll grab my hand and she'll walk. And there, there's something about that peace. Doesn't happen with the younger ones yet. But this, this walking with God, this nearness to God brings peace in our lives in the same way in the natural men. If you will grab your daughters and your sons and you'll go on walks with them and you'll walk with them and talk with them and engage with them in that way and undistracted from phones and TVs and everything else, there's something about that peace that we've lost. I, you know, I'm not a sociologist. I play one on TV. 
So it's hard to make that connection, but it's, in my opinion, it's not hard to make the connection. Fatherlessness, no peace, and chaos ensues. True peace was interrupted in Genesis 3. We see in God's word, when sin comes in, true peace is interrupted. In the same way that in our lives, when sin comes, Peace is interrupted. It says this, when the woman saw the fruit was of the tree was good for food and pleasing to her eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. This is where peace is interrupted for the first time in history, where peace ceases in that they're not walking with God, and, and I don't have time to go into all of it, but, but we see that scene of walking with God. All of a sudden now what we see is Adam and Eve, they're hiding from God in the garden, not walking with them hand in hand. And my children are good at hiding from me, or think they're good at hiding from me. I remember about, oh gosh, it must have been 10 years ago, at Christmas, and, 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 uh, Christmas time, and, and coming down the stairs, and, and I think it was Hudson, is sitting underneath the table. He, he had, I don't know if he had broken in the candy, he did something. He's sitting under the table. I, I may have told this story before. I mean, clear as day. In his mind, he's hiding from me. In his mind, he's under the table. Dad can't see me, I'm under the table. The table's this high and the legs are only this long. You're a little chubby, fat little kid. I can see you, kid. And it's that, that sheepish kind of like, ah. And I'm walking down the stairs, so, so I play the game. Not unlike the game that God played with Adam and Eve. He's like, where are you? <laughs> Knowing full well. See, it's, when peace is interrupted, when we sin, when, when you choose to sin in your life, there's this peace that's interrupted with God, and then we go into this place of hiding from God. Like he can't see you. Like the two or three-year-old that's sitting underneath the table. And you're going, ah, he doesn't see me here. Absolute foolishness. True peace is lost. And Romans 3.23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every single one of us has sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Today we're in the same situation as Adam and Eve. We too are separated from God because of our sin. True peace was lost. It says in Romans 8.7, For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Depravity. Depravity. When you're born, there's a separation from God. People go, oh, babies are innocent. How many people have had babies here? How many people, after having babies, believe that there's no character flaws in a baby? Complete innocence. Okay. <laughs> Depravity. When man comes into the world, he steps into separation from God. And true peace is lost in that moment. It doesn't mean you can't have moments of peace, but true everlasting peace is lost. True peace lost, or was it? For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, Romans 6, 23. See, the lostness of peace comes when we sin. But God in his grace, God in his hope, God in his mercy says this, I don't want to be lost with you. I don't want you sitting under that table hiding in your sin like you may be doing today, this very day. I want you to be out in your sin before me in humility 
on your knees saying, God, I, I need you. I was having a conversation with Jeremiah yesterday. We're texting back and forth about a friend of his that, don't worry, I'm not talking about you two, okay? Um, <laughs> family. It's the beauty of having family in church. But talking about a friend of theirs that um, says, ah, you know, I don't need the whole God thing because it's weak and I need to take care of myself and I'm all right without, is that the gist of what, what are you saying? I've got this thing together. The problem with that is this. If you have this thing together under your control, then you have to pay the price for your sin. Someone has to pay the right. In order for there to be justice, in order for there to be goodness, there, someone has to pay the price for that sin. And it's a scary place to be in the hands of an angry God. A great message that was preached. That beauty of Romans 6.23 is this. For what you deserve is hell, but what God gives you is grace. See, the problem with that statement is most people don't believe it. When's the last time you, you, you talked to someone and said, I deserve hell? When's the last time you looked in the mirror and said, and, and really, see, that, that's what Joe was talking about up here. This, this place of, of, of really looking in the mirror and knowing who you are. And, and, and the fact that these, these wise men traveled for, for hundreds of miles to come and see this Jesus, the reason they came was because of peace. Because they needed to reconcile peace in their lives. And they're willing to go to any extent in order to get it in the midst of chaos. And the beauty is God and His eternal gives us eternal life in His Son, Jesus Christ. So we can reconcile that peace. True peace lost, or was it? Ephesians 2.13 But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Like you don't have to walk in separation from God. Now, that, that, that sounds, most of us in here have a relationship with Jesus. So you're going, oh, that, that's obvious. We know these things. The difference is that, that there's this gap between what you know, what I know, and what I actually walk in. And what, what I'm, I'm asking us to do as a church is to close that gap a little bit. Close the gap a little bit. That's not saying live perfect life. And the fact is, you're going to sin. In fact, some of you are sitting right now. Come on. You're the only one, Travis? All right. There's others. Some of you are sitting. But, but here's the beauty of the gospel, the good news of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. He brings us near in the moment that we're willing to humble ourselves and look upon the baby. Look upon Jesus. The hope. The peace. Because of Jesus, we have peace with God and access to his presence. We have access to the presence of the creator of heaven and earth. It is impossible to, for anyone to experience the true peace of God without first experience peace with God. Okay, what we, you cannot walk in true peace unless you've taken that which is at war with God and brought peace. What does that mean? Prior to relationship with Christ Jesus, we're all at war with God in our sin. It's this battle. It's this fight. And the fight is, hey, I can do it on my own. I don't need you, God. And until we come into this relationship with Christ in such a way where we go, God, I'm all yours. God, you're in control. Carrie Underwood, God, you've got the wheel. You guys know that song. Don't you? 
This is so cheesy, but it, it is literally, God, you take charge of my life. And until we come to that place, we truly never understand true peace. Why? Because God, the creator of heaven and earth, is the one who created you. Unless you understand who you are in Christ Jesus, you can't walk in that peace. Unless you understand that it says in Psalm 139 that God knew me before the foundations of the earth, that he knit me together in my, mother and fa- in my mother's womb, that, that each step in my life was set out before me before one of them came to pass, that God knew everything about my life. Unless we understand why we were created and what we were created for, you can't walk in true peace. Why? Because you're always looking for the next thing. What's next? What's next? What next drug, bottle, man, woman, job, dollar sign is going to bring me peace? Which one is it? And God says this in his word. He explains who you are. He says, I created you. I knew you. I separated you at at birth. I, 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 I have this intimate knowledge of who you are. And unless you know who you are, how can you do what you're supposed to do and walk in what you're supposed to walk in? True peace, peace with God. Here's the promise that they gave in Genesis 3, 14 through 15. After man had fallen, he says, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and, the, and her seed. You shall bruise, he shall bruise your head and you shall, shall bruise his heel. What's that? That's a prophetic picture of when Jesus comes and, and, and the, 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 the snake in, in the gospels as we see. And we see Jesus, what he does is he crushes the enemy. He crushes Satan. It's the promise that God gives us, the promise that you and I have today. Romans 5, 10 says this, for if while we were still enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. True peace comes with reconciling with God. True peace comes with reconciling with your father. When I was a kid, um, and, and Jim, my dad, was, was a disciplinarian. He was very fair, but he was hard, um, but in, in the right way. And I thought he was the hard one until Shirley got mad. And, and not being, and I remember as clear as day, was living in San Jose, California, at, at, and, and I had lied about something real big, real big, and, and, and I remember looking her in the eyes, and there was no peace. And, to, and, and I, I wanted him to beat me. That would have been better. Like, I, like please, give me the rod. Just beat me down, because then it's over. But to look in my mother's eyes and see the disappointment and realize that there's no peace in the relationship that I had with them, it was more painful than anything. See, it, it, that's the peace as Christians that, that we need to walk in. But there's this numbness that you and I get to because of the repetitiveness of sin, and we just kind of stuff it down, and we hide under that, that table, and we don't think God looks at us, and, 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 and we're missing this intimacy and relationship, and we're wondering, and we're asking, why isn't there peace in my life? Why isn't there peace in my life? Why do I walk around and there's no peace in my life? And God says, you've got to be reconciled unto me. I'm not talking about salvation. If you come into a relationship with God, you have salvation. What I'm talking about is reconciling a relationship that already exists. I was no less my mother's son when I sinned or when I did something stupid and lied than I was before when I was fairly good kid. 
but I had broken relationship and there's no peace in that relationship. And many of us today who know the truth are walking in this place where there's no peace in this relationship with God and there's no peace in this, this life that we're walking in and we're wondering why and God just says reconcile. Just reconcile. And there's no peace. Romans 5.1, therefore since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. From Genesis to Revelation, this whole book, from Genesis, the first words of Genesis, to the last words of Re Revelation, is about this reconciliation that God wants to do with him and with us through his son Jesus Christ. Because he knows that he knows that he knows, then there's peace. Then there's peace. Peace is not found in all those things that are in your head. It's found only in God and his word. And if, 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 if we would just, if I would just, just grab this word and renew my mind on a daily basis, if I would just eat this word and allow it to do what God says it'll do in my life regularly, there'd be a greater peace that when the enemy comes or when life comes and it knocks me on my behind, there's this greater peace because God's word promises peace. He promises peace. True peace. Peace with God is nearness to God. You have angst today? There's angst in your life at all? Get near to God. Get near to God. In the same way, once I truly repented, my mom and my dad, it was all restored. All restored. Doesn't mean there wasn't consequences, but it was all restored. And there was peace in our home. There was peace to move forward. I mean, I was in the house for three months, grounded, but there was lots of peace to move within that house by myself for three months. <laughs> Number two, peace on earth. God gives this promise. God broke his silence and kept his promise. And, and, and it, what's amazing to me is the way that he did it. Like if I'm God and I'm getting ready to, to fulfill the promise, I'm throwing a party. Like I'm celebrating. Everything's going on. There, there's, it's going to be good times. Yet he, he chose, Jesus chose to come as this humble servant. He comes in a manner, living in a manger. No one would have thought this is the way he's coming. The promise came, and it says this in Luke 1, 30-33. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are call to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Peace on earth is promised to us through this Jesus that we see in this Bible. Here's the problem. Does anybody truly believe that we're going to see peace on this earth apart, apart from, from God? Do you think an, another agreement with the Palestinians and Israel is going to bring peace to this earth? How many of those have we had? How many ceasefires have we had? How many, how many times have we looked? How many, do you think the next president is the one who's going to bring peace? Do you think if we just elect Trump one more time, we'll have peace? If we just elect, pick one of the 18 that they got run on the other, uh, the Democrats, we'll just have peace if one of them are elected. No. It's not true. And I love this. He says, do not be afraid. He chooses to bring hope 
and peace to this place. Don't be afraid. See, part of the problem with you and I is we walk in fear. And we walk in this fear, fear of the future, fear of the disease, fear of the addiction, fear of the lack, fear of whatever it is, the fear of never having, the fear of missing out, the fear of... God says, don't be afraid. You cannot walk in peace when you walk in fear. It is counterintuitive. You cannot walk in the same. You cannot walk in fear in your life and have peace because you're so bound up in a fear, fear of losing something, fear of losing someone, fear of losing whatever it is. You can't walk in that same peace. That's why when we walk and renew our mind with Christ and we allow the peace of God that surpasses all understanding to rule in our life, when we look at the face of the baby, when we're willing, as Joe was saying up there, to walk the the unconditional miles to see and just look upon the face of Jesus, that peace comes regardless of the storms that are around us, regardless of what is going on. See, number three, peace is God's gift to you. Think about this for a second. If peace is God's gift to me as a Christian, then why is the church so upside down in many ways? The church is a body of people. It's not a building. This isn't the church. We are part of the church. So there's some 2 billion believers in the world today. And God's gift to each one of them is peace. Why aren't things changed? Because me, as a Christian, I don't walk in the peace that God has called me to. I'm constantly striving. I'm constantly looking. It says this in Isaiah 9, 6, of this place, this world. It says, for, un, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. We talked about that last week. And God's gift to you today is to walk in peace. No matter what you're going through, says in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give, give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Here's that statement again. Do not be afraid. How many of us are sitting in a place right now of fear? Here's what I'm, I'm asking you to do. Is when we come and receive communion in a few minutes that you take that fear. Some of us are fear of our marriage. Some are fear of just fill in the blank and bring it to the cross. Bring it to the cross. See, because he's waiting for me to, to, to fix my eyes on the perfection of who he is. See, Jesus is waiting for me to fix my eyes on his grace and salvation. He's waiting for me to fix my eyes on his faithfulness and on his peace. But so many of us are so fixated on the thing, that fear, that, that, that worry that we have, that we can't look to the perfection of Christ Jesus. We can't look. If he did nothing else for me, if God did nothing from this point on ever again in my life other than to save me from the depths of hell, Pretty good gig. If God didn't answer all those prayers that I want answered right now, if he didn't fix that thing that I wanted fixed right now, 
If he didn't help me walk through that thing I need to walk through right now, if, if, if none of those things happen, is God still God? Is Jesus still Savior? See, that, that's, that's what Joe was talking about in worship. They're like, all these other things, I just have to see the face of this baby. I just have to see the face of Jesus. And all these other things will fall out. Because you know the reality? We're talking about Advent. What do we say? It's the celebration of Christ's birth. But it's always also the looking to him coming back. Meaning this. This will all be gone someday. Someday you don't have to listen to bad preaching. You get it right from the, 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 the mouth of the one. Whatever you're going through, it's temporary. There's two sides of temporary. It's temporary, you're going to come out of it, and it's going to be all right. Or it's temporary, you're not going to come out of it until the day you stand before God. Can you be at peace with both those? I don't know. Can you imagine a world of two billion Christians who could be at peace with both of those things? Peace with God's going to bring me through this and peace with this. Even if he doesn't, I'm going to be all right because I know him and I'll spend eternity with him. Can you imagine what the world might be like? God has called us to be a peacemaker. If anyone wants to be a peacemaker, he must first start with helping people know peace with God. You and I are called to be peacemakers to others. It says in Ephesians 2.14, For he himself is our peace, who has made two groups, one and has destroyed the barrier and dividing wall of hostility. In other words, there, there's, there's no gap anymore. When Christ came, the, 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 the playing field was leveled. This calming voice, when Jesus removed the walls of hatred and created a way for people to come together, restoring peace, hostility, and damage of relationships in the world, becoming a peacemaker is that person who's willing to step right in the middle of whatever the middle of that is and, and bring peace to the situation. You know what I'm talking about. In the middle of, uh, uh, of, of Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner and, and the contentiousness and the crazy, but there's that one person that will step in and go, it's going to be all right. So this Thanksgiving, <laughs> um, Chris was making the, uh, the gravy, you know. Chris is a wonderful cook. Um, why did you guys laugh? Why did you guys just laugh when I said my wife's a wonderful cook? Um, she, so she's making the gravy. It looked real thin to me, so I'm like, just add some flour to it. It'll thicken it up, you know. Um, <laughs> well, we put a little too much flour in it. So, so all the while... Jim, my dad, didn't know that, so he gets ready on the turkey, because you got to have gravy, to pour the gravy. Well, right now, it's, it's, it's jello, essentially. So, you know, being the, the funny guy that Jim is, my dad, you know, we're all sitting there. There's 16 of us sitting there, and he's, he starts shaking the thing upside down. He's like this with the gravy. Nothing's coming out until something came out, and this blob that looked like a Play-Doh or, or something just poof, right on the, on the table, which... What ensued there was Chris going, I had too much flour. I told her, why didn't you put the flour? And I'm like, I saw Grandma Blue do it. We should put flour in the gravy. And she, everything she makes is great. And, and all this stuff. And then to, I don't even remember who it was. And maybe it was my sister. Maybe it was mom. But someone said, it's going to be all right. So I went to the store and it was all right. <laughs> Who's the peacemaker? Who's the, in my home, my wife's the peacemaker. I wish I could say I was more the peacemaker, but she's the one who, who it, when things are in chaos and 
I get, she's just like, go away. Please just go away. And, 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 and she just brings calm and peace to the situation. See, God has called you and me to be peacemakers. To be the peacemakers. Becoming a peacemaker. I, I love this in Isaiah 11. It says this, uh, of the peace that will happen when, when Christ comes back. The wolf will lie with the lamb. The leopard will lie with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together. And the little children will lead them. A cow will feed with the, with the bear. The young will lie down together. The lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den. And the young child will put its hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountains. Um, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord and the waters cover the sea. It's a peace that God will bring to this earth. Becoming a peacemaker, why? Why, why is God calling us to walk in peace? And why is he calling us to be a peacemaker? Because of others. If anyone wants to be a peacemaker, he must first start with helping people know peace of God. See, this, this church that you come to isn't so that you can just eat and get fat. It's so that you can eat and go out and exercise. What does that mean? There's a whole heck of a lot of people that need hope. Some of them are your relatives. Some of them may be your kids. Some may be a husband or a wife or a mother or a father that needs help. And, and, and becoming a peacemaker is someone who understands that and goes, the only way that they'll see true peace is to find Jesus. Some of you have struggled for years with family members. And the answer is Jesus. Not that you rescue them again. The answer is Jesus. Some of you worked in crazy work environments and, and worked with crazy people. The answer isn't you escalating. The answer isn't you making it all right. The answer is Jesus. You want to be a peacemaker? Then bring Jesus to dinner on Christmas. You want to be a peacemaker? Then, then bring Jesus to Del Taco. So I don't have to yell at the guy that's taking forever to order in front of me. <laughs> Bring Jesus to your workspace. In the chaos of your work, bring Jesus. Bring Jesus. Because that's the only answer to peace. You may find temporary, but eternal peace on this earth is found in the picture that Joe gave us. As the band comes forward, True peace is only found where you're willing to walk through anything and give up everything just for a moment to see the face of Jesus. That's peace. And that's the peace that God's calling to us to in this season. That's the peace that God's calling us to. So my declaration for you, my benediction in this, this message is this. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with all of you. And as you leave this place today, peace would reign. I don't care what you feel, taste, smell, or see. Peace would reign. I don't care that LSU won. Jeez, peace will still reign. <laughs> I know Claire loves LSU. 
I don't care if your football team lost. Peace will reign. Peace will reign. Thanks for listening to the Pacific Point Podcast. If you would like to partner with Pacific Point Church and our church plants, you can download the Pacific Point Church app at the App Store or visit us at pacificpointchurch.com slash give. At that same site, you can also watch and listen to previous sermons, read follow-up blog posts and extended notes, and even connect with Pacific Point Church on social media. We hope you are encouraged today.